podcast. Welcome to a podcast for everyone. This is a podcast that is decidedly not for everyone. Um, <laughs> this here, me and my buddy, my buddy Charlie over there. Hello, How you doing, I Charlie? Just threw my glasses across the room. I'll be back in two seconds. They fell off my face, <laughs> and I tried to catch them, and my hands are slippy. Love and it. They flew. Well, while he's doing that, I can explain that this is a podcast where we take songs by the band Busted, and in this season, the band Muck Busted, and we discuss them, we analyze them, and we also attempt to weave them into one long-running narrative that runs in chronological order, in album order. Uh, this week, we are joined by a guest. How are you doing? It's Alex from the Alex and Alex podcast. Hello. How's it going? Doing all right. Good, thank you. Are you excited to talk about this McBusted song, Alex? Yeah, very much so. Do you have much experience with McBusted in past lives? Past lives? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't speak to anything before my resurrection. But, um, <laughs> ge- genuinely, no. I feel like I was into Busted when I was a kid. And then I think McFly were like, I, I just kind of missed them. It was like just as I was going off Busted, the McFly came back. I, I don't know if this chronology, chronolo- uh, chronology works out. Uh, and then when Muk Busted happened, I was kind of just like, oh, that's cool. But didn't didn't really listen to it. So it was it was listening to this song. Um, it was actually my first experience ever hearing a Muk Busted track. Right. So this, well, this is definitely the most mellow song in the album. So it's not uh, particularly representative i'd say mm. but it's it's an interesting one because i don't really have strong feelings one way or the other about this song but let me tell you somebody does i fucking detest this song <laughs> you hate it i hate okay. charlie hates it. this i hate literally everything about it everything about everything it? about it all right well we'll we'll have a I, chat I about genuinely that. Okay, and- can't listen to the whole thing because it makes me so angry that i have to <laughs> I tried listening to it. Is, I got... is the, when we get to the final part, is it just going to be all mystery to you? He's never... <laughs> never heard the end. <laughs> no, I, li- I get to about like the end of the first chorus, and I'm like, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you you kind of have it by then. <laughs> yeah. The song doesn't exactly do anything <laughs> remarkable. See, I... So, lyrically, absolutely. Musically, I think this continues to, to develop in interesting ways. That's why I, I would say really everything, because I think the music of this is very pretty. Uh, the, the music is fine, but it's tarred right. by my hatred for the lyrics. <laughs> it makes me hate everything <laughs> about it. See, I, I feel like I hadn't calibrated my ear before listening to... And I wasn't sure if this is like... If... if what am I trying to say? Like... I wasn't sure how much about the way in which this song was bad was a feature of McBusted rather than a bug. So like the right. the over singing, the very the the, <laughs> the over singing is insane. But <laughs> see, uh, if, like uh, and 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 like you know the the very simplistic lyrics and and all this stuff and just the like is does this song stand out in the McBusted catalog for those elements? Like, is the singing particularly more annoying on this song, or is it just because it, it's going for this, like, quiet ballad thing? See, I never really... I actually think it it turns up in quality at the point that, that you reference, but just because I think that guy is a much better singer than, than James Bourne is, who is... Um, who starts this song off. Mm. By the way, this is a song written by James Bourne. Also given a... Who would have thought that this song yeah, was this written is a by Bourne James solo. Bourne? Clearly, you know, just awful lyrics. And it makes the song makes no sense. <laughs> the lyrics of this song are nonsense. But um also given so I know I don't think he was that heavily involved, but I don't know what maybe he was involved in some of the further instrumentation. Because I know that this is a song there are videos of James Bourne playing this, you know, like in pubs and very tiny gigs on acoustic guitars. Uh much like what happened to your band. It's a song that's existed for him for a very long time. Um, but it's also given a uh, writing credit from John Fields, who also got a writing credit on What Happened to Your Band uh, on this album. And when I looked him up, he's just a general producer, so I guess he was consulting that day. He also has and maybe... contributions on the Year 3000 Jonas Brothers version. <laughs> <laughs> a writing credit? That's, is that? of... That's got to be a production yeah. credit. <laughs> no, it's a writing credit. <laughs> How can you get a writing uh... credit on a cover? Because they changed two lines. Oh, did they? 
They changed two lines and they just made some awful extra instrumentation. What, what, what did they change? The that song was it's written bad. by seven people. It took seven people. Oh, okay. That includes the the four originals. Okay, I'm less angry about that. But what did they what did they change? Well, because it's the Jonas Brothers and they were, you know, marketed as being these child-friendly things, mm. uh, triple-breasted women swimming around town totally naked became girls there with round hair floating above the st- floating above the floor like Star Wars. I mean, this has to be a tax scheme, right? Like, <laughs> like they they needed a way to get a writing credit for three people, and they're like, let's let's just phone in the most dog shit nonsense that we now, can. What they did was they were like, right, um, I'm gonna start off the line, and we'll go round, and we all just say the next <laughs> word that comes into they're our. They're just yes ending their, their contribution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in this song, uh, I imagine probably what he's got a credit for, John Fields, is. Uh, probably the you know the strings and the extra instrumentation uh, that's been added to this, and that's actually I think definitely a really good part. Like I love the strings in this; I think they're really pretty and they're layered in a very fun way harmonically. Mm. And they introduce levels of poly- polyphony by bringing in new layers every time. I'm, yeah, I really like the strings in this, uh, but I'll save my real thoughts about that for the end when we get to everyone's favorite part of the show, the rating. Mm. Uh, but. Uh, Charlie, I'm very interested to see how you do this. But time for the tradition of Charlie. What is this song roughly about? Oh my god. Okay, so imagine you're out. Okay, you're walking down the street and you see a very attractive woman minding her own business. And you think, (laughs) wow, this woman is so attractive, I feel the need to go and talk to her. But then you think, no, I'm not attractive enough to go and talk to her. I've got so much self-doubt inside of me. But then fucking James Bourne comes along and is like, no, don't worry, because she's hot. She has nothing better to do than... She's just lonely all the time. So she actually wants you to go and talk to her. Her life would be improved by you, me, James Bourne, going and talking to every fucking attractive girl I see in the world who's just out minding their own business. To be fair, they are all desperately lonely, apparently. You know how all beautiful girls never have any friends or boyfriends? Because none of the boyfriends want to hit on... Because all the uggos are taken. Well, I can definitely get the the message that it's going for. But yeah, it does seem to be set in this weird parallel universe where... (laughs) <laughs> where no one talks to or socialises. Like, where, where being beautiful is, like, not a privilege, but the opposite. It's a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. You know really what? That, bizarre. that somehow makes me less mad at the song, is to fit it into our ongoing theory. Yeah, that, there you that go, perfect. so much happier with how this song is played out. <laughs> Great job, Alex, because I was not going to have any ideas. <laughs> so there you go. We've discovered in this universe... The beauty standards relative to our universe are flipped. Yeah, and this is what. But, but also, so maybe but, these guys seem weird because they keep hitting on people that everyone's like, "Oh, I can't believe they're hitting on that complete monster." <laughs> but like, they're like, they're our idea of gorgeous. Yeah, because you know? they have to be flipped in a way that people in the universe don't notice. So, like, some of the yeah. people in the, the people in the universe have to be like, "Oh, ugly." <laughs> yeah, it's a tale. But then, but and then, if that's the case, why would you be nervous thinking that she's out of your league? Because you've still, you've still got that. He that doesn't know that. Ah, old yeah, these guys are figuring that out. Um, which I imagine probably makes the McBusted boy quite desirable because he's probably just hideous. <laughs> you know, he's this hulking monster of a creature. Yeah. This, no, so probably a, everybody's probably creaming. Attractiveness standards in conventional humans and six-headed <laughs> yeah, monsters. That's, that's a good point. And each of the heads of the Mugbusted boy is attractive enough. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it, it I can't might think potentially of any members of Mugbusted they, and say aren't attractive. I was just saying, it might potentially be that, that they actually lose out by virtue of that. Where they're considered yeah. conventionally attractive on their own, so when they come together they're, they're considered unattractive yeah. in this right. universe. Because so, it's like, no, well, each of the heads is fine. Who cares if there's six of them? They're probably more desirable now that Charlie wasn't involved. Can you imagine? Oh, God. Charlie from the band and not the podcast. Because if Charlie was in there, you know, gorgeous man Charlie Simpson, they'd probably all be like, fuck this. Yeah, no one would speak to him. He'd be asserting his dominance over the other heads. <laughs> so, um, the song starts out with just acoustic guitar. It's very Ed Sheeran esque, the kind of major key, little slightly riffy thing that we're getting but mostly chordal it's using the the the, the higher strings 
to play chordal elements, which I noticed by using the lower strings to make little riffs, which is something very, reminds me a lot of Ed Sheeran, this beginning bit. I think it's also just um, a, a pretty standard acoustic guitar style. Like, a lot of players yeah. will naturally tend to, like, kind of walk up to different chords on the, on, on the lower strings. Sure. And so do you want to take the uh, lyrics first there, Alex, that, which James Bourne sings? Yeah, so, um, I mean, this it, it really is exactly as uh, Charlie, not from the band, but from the podcast, Charlie, described it. <laughs> it's, it opens, for some reason I had it in my head after my first listen that this song was set in a high school, um, but it's not. It has that vibe. It does, but but you're right. There's nothing to suggest that. Like, it is effectively... like literally everything James Bourne writes that has the vibe of someone who's it's speaking like, as if they're in a high school because that's the only kind shit. of thing he can write. Yeah, but imagine that's Teenage Dirtbag, but it doesn't ever specify that it's in a high school and it becomes yeah, weird. That's... And that's what's happened here. <laughs> like, you think she's out of your league and it plays on your mind. Look around, look around, look around. <laughs> Make sure there's no witnesses. Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's one of a kind. Yeah, so it's just saying there's an attractive woman. You've seen her. You're looking around. You've got to make sure she's all by herself and looking at you. And then you have to do what you've got to do. And, and if you fill like, up with doubt about... when you see your reflection, don't. <laughs> Plow through. One thing that annoys me about this bit is it says, and she's looking at you, which suggests that she's like already... You know, giving you signals and stuff I th- like that. I think Obviously, I'm more... not saying anybody or, or, or looking she's at you noticed means you that you staring. should. Especially, yeah, I think that's yeah. more probably what it is. Or you're a six-headed creature, <laughs> at which point, just about everybody is. But in the, but just in the context of this song, you're in a pub, and there's someone by themselves giving you the eye. It's not really this big, huge advice to go. You know what? You can talk to this person giving you the eye. Like, also, can I just say, at no point says she's giving them the eye. It's just she's looking at you. She's probably just like, why yeah, is this know, freak looking at? Me? I mean, I think that's <laughs> supposed to be the implication. The reality could just be that you're staring at her and creeping her the fuck out. Uh, yeah, I guess even if we if we bend over backwards to kind of give um, old old James here the, the benefit of the doubt. And say, okay, well, when he says looking at you, he's you know he's making sure the line scans or whatever. Um, and what he means is she's looking at you suggestively. Hmm. And and you know maybe yeah, the advice is context. like, yeah, go for it, man. Go, that's fine. But the way that it plays out before that is just <laughs> she thinks she's out of your league, and it plays on your mind. Look around, look around, look around. She's one of a kind. <laughs> if she's all by herself, <laughs> like. And she will be all by herself because she's beautiful. <laughs> and those no one ever hits on beautiful women. <laughs> it's just a thing. And also, like, it, there's something inherently creepy about the implication that you should only go up and talk to her if she's by herself. Yeah. Like, not because it's a uh, it's common knowledge that um, women are not f- afraid of men when they're by themselves, and are in fact want strangers to come up and talk to them all the time. And it's definitely not like a horrible thing that can happen yeah that's, and it's it's know, like why why does this woman need to be isolated for you to go and talk to her oh because if you're a six-headed freak her friends are gonna laugh <laughs> they might do worse than laugh yeah <laughs> 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 oh yeah what are we gonna do you see your reflection and you fill up with doubt and the words don't come easy to the girl who stands out no the words don't come easy to the girl who stands out I I don't know what he means. I don't know what he wants. I I uh, think I think the idea is that like you can't just go and talk. Like it's hard to talk to attractive people because they're not people. Is the idea here that they look? She's not going to hit on you because you're a munter. So you have to go hit on the even though she desperately wants you to because she's beautiful and therefore lonely. I think it more means <laughs> like when you're talking to the girl who stands out, the words don't come easily. Like you get flustered and you don't know what to say. Yeah, that. <laughs> So you say the words, the words to the girl who stands out don't come easy, yeah. as opposed to the words don't come easy to the girl <laughs> who stands out. I mean, I I had it in my head that it's the first one, the words you're saying to the girl who stands out don't come easy, but actually yeah. that's just from the way that the the words are constructed, that's a way less obvious reading. Like I said, the words yeah, the don't way, come easy to me. The way it's phrased really suggests that it's the girl 
having trouble coming up with the words. If you've rendered her speechless in your six-headed monstrosity. <laughs> don't worry, it's just because she's actually lonely. <laughs> it's because she's so lonely, she's not used to talking to anyone. Now she's talking like, to six at the same time. She came time. out the womb, and they were like, the doctors were like, she's literally, she's so beautiful. This like, baby is too her. hot. The doctors yeah. said. And her parents are just like, I'm intimidated to look after you. Because you're so beautiful. So I won't. We're just going to leave you to look after yourself. So she's actually never had human contact. Mm. That's what he's she's like. A, she's like a feral dog. <laughs> this beautiful woman. I mean, in that case, no wonder she's on her own. <laughs> and maybe the advice is no, just snapping at everyone. You just get packs of beautiful people. Just all packs of, of gorgeous women. So gorgeous that we thrown out by the Society has cast them out. <laughs> This is a weird universe we're in, but I'm glad we're filling it with dimensional flavour. For the... Look, we've not really we do done is, any of this that. This episode is just all about world building. Yeah, yeah. it feels like it. There's, it feels like this song. There's feral packs of beautiful. <laughs> Rather than narrative, this song does suggest so much that there's this kind of rigid attractiveness-based caste system, but not in the way that you would think, where the most beautiful people are thrown onto the tender mercies of an uncaring world. And that's that's why you can only you have to look around to make sure that she's by herself because otherwise the pack will just attack. <laughs> well, it's like I guess maybe beautiful girls in this universe are like velociraptors, where if you can see one, there's probably two more behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the six-headed busted boy is Chris Pratt from Jurassic World, <laughs> holding out his hands Things to the, the beautiful six-headed girl. busted boy. Six-headed busted boy are at an advantage because some of them, you know, watch their six, oh, yeah. <laughs> turn their head, check for. Check for backup beautiful girls while you're trying to hit on one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take the uh, the chorus there, Charlie? Uh, I'd love to. Uh, so this is still James. You know, I think it's obvious. Beautiful girls are the loneliest. So next time you see one that you can't resist, remember, beautiful girls are the loneliest. Beautiful girls are the loneliest. James, you can't just say it again. Explain yourself. <laughs> See, this is the bit. This is the bit that I really hate. So next time you see one that you can't resist, it's just yeah, it's just so objectifying. It's and very horrible. like I possessive. I really, really dislike yeah. how it's phrased. Yeah, no, just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's just horrible. That's why. I, uh, that's what makes me hate this song so much. Is it's so just like women are only there for men to hit on. <laughs> yeah, like not only is it quite trite and a bit nonsensical, it's also kind of underlying sexist. Problematic, yeah. yeah. Big time. Um, so after that, we get some 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 very minor drums coming in, mostly just a a hint of a groove, you know, slow feel, hitting snares on three, and we get some strings come in, a bit of piano, and I I do just want to point out for all the song's flaws, I think the strings in this are so good. I've already said it already. I've already said it already, already, but I, I really like the strings that, that come in here, and they get more complex as the song goes on in, in a very meaningful way that really brings, I think, flavour to this and a sense of progression, because this is, you know, thematically and lyrically a very repetitive song, so it brings that sense of, you know, progression into the song, that it's not it's not just you're hearing the same thing indefinitely. For, then that, that also for makes how it... How fucking long is this? Three and a half minutes? It also makes it kind of interesting, then, that this was written and originally performed as a solo acoustic guitar piece. Yeah. Because usually, Which like, certainly if I'm playing solo, I try and add a bit of dynamic variation in there. Like, it's got to go up, it's got to go down a bit, you know, a couple changes and yeah. stuff like that, keep it fresh. Whereas, presumably, if, if, if you're in a pub that's <laughs> hired James off Busted <laughs> to perform, or, or, or he's just turned up, and you're like, he says he's from Busted, <laughs> we, can't, we can't stop him. <laughs> Everyone's just shouting like, "Play Year 3000." He's like, "Guys, this song goes out to all the beautiful women out there." This song goes I out to all the lonely, 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 beautiful women. <laughs> um, he yeah. So in terms of like, that you're gonna like, it, it would be a bit boring without the strings and piano. I completely agree. But this is a song written by James Bourne and performed solo by James <laughs> Bourne. And James Bourne, when he's not tempered in other songwriters isn't a very good songwriter. Mm. He's a great ideas man. And when I say great, yet say he's a unique <laughs> ideas man. Who else would have the idea to release a solo Again. album and then call it an experiment? 
the obligatory the the obligatory moment in every episode where we just stop and we go we like james bourne we like james bourne he's a good lad He's a good... We like James. Don't we like James we Bourne, like Charlie? Alright, so let's continue talking about this shit song that James <laughs> Bourne wrote because he's so very clearly the worst one. So, so I, was, I was trying to find out who who produced it. For some reason, Wikipedia didn't say. Looks like Steve Robson and Jason Perry. Steve, Steve, yeah, Robson, Steve Robson is, a is the writing credit. Original. Steve Robson uh, has a few writing credits on the songs on this album and a few Busted okay. songs and he's produced most of Busted and nearly all of this album. Right. Um, but this one, yeah, also has... Uh, a f- I, how did I not mention this? It's got a production credit from Espionage, Ooh. which is a New York-based Norwegian songwriting and music production team consisting of Espen Lind and Armand Bjorklund. What could they have possibly done? There's not that they much. I mean, there's not that much to this song. They also worked on "Irreplaceable" by Beyonce, a classic. They don't. Tune, they don't have songs. credits anywhere else on this album, so I really wonder what the. Um, Look, when you get the chance maybe... to work with espionage, Carlisle, you take it. No matter what. <laughs> well, maybe because this is quite an old song. By the time, you know, in, yeah. in conceptually, it was quite an old song. By the time they were actually getting around to making it for this album, maybe he, you know, met these people. They added the drum. I. Yeah, I like to imagine that they would only uh, that they were asked to work on more tracks, but they would only work on James James Bourne exclusive co-writes. <laughs> like, they would only work on his songs. They would work is sitting in a park with back-to-back benches, not looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> newspapers with eye holes cut out. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way that they would work. <laughs> so, uh, Tom Fletcher starts singing now. Uh, Alex, do you want to do you want to take Tom's lyrics there? The first four lines of verse. Yeah, two? absolutely. Um, okay, so you move a step forwards, but you take two steps back, freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, and it goes on like that. How much? See, that's very, very clever because he says it goes on like that, and he also said freaking out three times. So, just because you reference it doesn't make it better, Mukbuster. A, a, a solid fifty percent of this, these, these four lines says functionally nothing yeah <laughs> sweet this is just um like can you imagine you're just in the street you know you've got a beautiful girl on your left you look to your right and you just see a person just slowly walking backwards and forwards <laughs> hyperventilating <laughs> and, and then you look to the right and like like a good like 50 feet away is a girl that from the distance you can tell is probably quite pretty standing completely by herself because there's a bunch of people just trying to keep as far a distance as they can from her (laughs) well also these people are by the terms of these lyrics these people are getting further away (laughs) because it's it's not two steps forward in your attempt to come on to this woman every 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 time you come, just backing you know, away, to come on to this woman people. into the bar, you're really staggering with a net movement backwards, <laughs> making call me signs with your fingers. Hey, give me, give me, a, and you're just like backing away, like maintaining eye contact, <laughs> just staring them out. Barman, give a drink to that woman. What? I can't hear you. I said a tequila. I said get her. A sh- and the door like swings shut. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after that, uh, Danny Jones starts singing, and like with any McBusted and McFly song, the song immediately gets better when Danny starts singing, um, which I guess we'll have to make do with because Matt doesn't sing on this one. Um, but so Matt is the only smart now. I think this is probably <laughs> this man's this band this um man's delivery is probably what you were talking about earlier alex you were talking about over singing but i think it's like the best part definitely the best part of the vocals of this song is danny singing i think he says scared to make a connection afraid to break down the walls it couldn't be any harder should be no sweat at all um and now he's not really added anything to the conversation here but he's certainly more poetic than what we've had before his lines Again, probably all of the lines are James Bourne, so that's not actually of the um, to credit of Danny himself. But it just it feels better coming from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Well, he's not said anything horrible there. Scared to make a connection. Afraid to break down the walls. Couldn't be any harder. Should be no sweat at all. I think that's a pretty good look into, you know, anxiety about talking to someone new. I think we can all... That's more relatable than just it's, saying... Then slowly backing away as well, yeah. I will yeah. say this, Carlisle. It's definitely the best lyrics of the song. Sure. And that's where I'll leave it. Incredible. <laughs> I, I also I would like, say there's, no, there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong. I, with that is like the the best. That is the best lyric. I would also song. say I, I actually don't find the singing here as I, I think it was James's singing that I found annoying because it seems like see that's it seems fine. Like, yeah, he's got a very well, fuck that guy. <laughs> shrill. Kind yeah, of, it seems like he's trying to go for we a power like ballad Ball. type singing and he just doesn't pull it off. Whereas this guy Danny is is yeah Danny's got got the power he's got chops, his you know? voice to do it. James has a very punk pop voice. Yeah. As a pop punk voice, and it doesn't really work for this sort no. of thing. Uh, but Danny really brings, I think, a level of emotion to it. I really don't like when Tom sings on this either, actually. The first four lines of this verse. I, I, it's, um, he's singing it in a very low register. Yeah, he, he doesn't sound good. He doesn't really sound good in those. It's, yeah. I don't think the singing really delivers at all until Danny starts singing. Uh, but then. Uh, Danny and James sing together the chorus, which is the same as before. I think it's obvious, beautiful girls are the loneliest. And then um, Danny and Tom uh, join together to sing. So next time you see one that you can't resist, <laughs> remember beautiful girls are the loneliest. Uh, so after this chorus, we actually get a a small instrumental section, and I don't love this instrumental section. Because it brings in an electric guitar lead. It's quite a fuzzy electric guitar lead, but it's not really adding anything. It's mostly mirroring what the strings were doing. And because it's fuzzy and it's in the same register as the strings, it's kind of just muddying those frequencies. And as I was mentioning, there's a lot of really pretty stuff happening in the strings. So I'd really just much rather have no guitar here and just strings. And maybe just more focus on the strings a bit louder in the mix so you can hear the harmonies happening there between the layers of the strings they put in. Uh, I think the guitar really detracts from that. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on, on, the, on this small, not really solo, guitar section. I'm just, I'm just listening again, to it again. I don't, I don't remember this bit of the song at all. I, I very rarely get this far in. Yeah, I did listen fair. to it all the way through like once, just to be like, well, I need to for the episode. But... uh yeah, I don't really remember anything. If you say it's bad, Carla, I trust you. Take your word. Like it's not bad, but it'd be better without it. it. Yeah. Like I, I think I just, the instrumental sections. Yeah, I just listened to it again, and I, I I do think that it's kind of a lazy production decision. There's no reason, as you say, that an electric guitar solo should be there beyond well, we've just finished the second chorus. Where do yeah. we go from here? Ah, you know, what, what I, would go here? An electric guitar solo. It would almost be as you say, keep the strings and maybe kind of highlight a, a, a solo violin over the strings or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I don't have any particular problem with it, but it does seem a bit uninspired. Right. Um, and then all the instruments pair back and we, we return to the beginning in terms of aesthetic. Uh, it's just J just an acoustic guitar and James singing and he sings the chorus one last time and then the song's over. Woo! <laughs> the best part. For so... We've we've learned a lot. We've learned. <laughs> you know, no, I'll get I'll get to it in in my ranking. In in everybody's favorite part of the show, uh, Charlie. What is everybody's favorite part of the show? Well, everyone's favorite part of the show is the part where we rank the song on a list of all busted songs by music, by lyrics, and by our very own subjective personal preference. And then we oh. give it an overall score of all of those, and then we put it in oh. a bloody list. Oh. And that's the best Sorry, part of the song. I couldn't say it myself because I was getting too excited. <laughs> yeah, we could hear. It but so... also because I needed you to stall because I needed to open the sheet because I'd forgotten to open the sheet before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer excitement of opening uh, a Google sheet. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> if you want to see the list, it's in our Twitter bio at Pod for Everyone. Uh, beautiful girls are the loneliest. So as 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 Charlie said just now, we're going to. We're going to rank it on three criteria, and we're going to start with music. We'll throw to the guest first. Alex, out of ten, 
for uh, we tend to try to do this on on you can you can use your judgment if you're going to do this by busted and McBuster standards or by general standards. But out of ten, how do you feel that just the music, regardless of the lyrics and context, is for um, this song? Seven. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll happily give it a seven. I think. Uh, oh, yeah, a six feels too low. But then I would give it three stars rather than four out of five. No, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, mm, I think the strings push it over. I think it gets a seven. Yeah. I I really enjoyed the music in this, actually. I think it's really pretty. Um, it's somewhat formulaic, but I, I think towards that instrumental section, except for the that guitar part, I think is really doing what it's trying to do very well. Um, I think there's there's a clear vision there, and I like it a lot. So I'm I'm also going to give it a seven. Um, I'm kind of struggling between a seven and seven point five, and I think I'm I think in either case, I it's not good enough for an eight, just because it's not original enough. It's not doing anything exciting, and I think probably going to go for seven because I have my grievances with that guitar part. Uh, so I'm going to give it a seven as well. But Charlie, how far can you look past the lyrics? What what do you think? Well. I'm trying to imagine the beginning of the music, but all I can think of is the beginning to uh, <laughs> um, "Be My Mistake" by the 1975, which must mean okay. it sounds like that, and I like that song, which must mean that the music <laughs> is pretty good. So I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a six. Okay, it's above average for a busted song, I would say. All right, so that's that's a recurring score of six point six seven. Um, so now I'll. You know, let's let's. I'll throw it again to the to the guest first, and I'll leave Charlie till last. <laughs> Lyrics out of ten, Alex. What are you thinking? Four. 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 Okay, I think Charlie's probably going to find that quite lenient, but I'm thinking, yeah, fine. I think that. I, I, I don't, it's very difficult to rank this because it's obvi- it's going to be five or less. It's clearly not very good. <laughs> um, but. It's very hard to quantify the way in which it's not very good. Because normally when a busted song we decide it's not very good, it's because it's like weirdly rapey or anything. There's only one line like that, and I don't I don't think I'd go so far as to say it's it's feels rapey. It's slightly problematic, mm. but not clearly not in any way that's like really malintentioned. You know? Like it's it's not so bad, it's just a bit iffy. So I I don't know if I want to go for but then I think I think the more pervasive problem in this that's maybe not the worst problem but just the one that stands out more to me because it's more constant is this song makes no sense it's all nonsense what he's talking about makes no fucking sense um and sometimes that is a feather and a cap to a busted (laughs) song you know if they they lean into it and they know that they're making a song that makes no sense but he because this is a James Bond James Bond James yeah, Bond written by James solo Bond. written song. It's written no, by 007 James Bond. Can you imagine? Finds it really hard to talk to people. This would be the least popular James Bond. Why he's such Bond a murderer? Movie. That being said, like the spy who loved me is also really slow and stuff. Uh, but like, so it's hard to you know how do I feel about that? I? Just, I'm gonna go 3.5. I think I think that's where I'm at. Uh, but Charlie, <laughs> what do you got? I'm gonna go for one. Okay. I think we saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I, I, I do think also, Carla, what you were saying about um, silliness being a virtue when they lean into it, I do think that the problem with this with this song is that you just get the sense that it's trying to be so sincere. Yeah, no, it it absolutely yeah. feels like it's an attempt at being profound, and it's yeah, not. definitely. So that's an average score for lyrics for 2.83 for us. which uh, that's, that's low down. That's one of our lowest. It's uh, just slightly higher than Sensitive Guy. Is Sensitive Guy the very uh, lowest? So, no, the very lowest that I can see is... The um, the it's, a, it's a tie between the Thunderbirds 2004 film <laughs> and Riding on My Bike, which has 1.67... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I can't remember any lyrics in the Thunderbirds one beyond Thunderbirds I'll Go. Well, the Thunderbirds I'll Go song actually has pretty high lyrics. It's, it's at 7.67. Wow. But we also watched the film. The Not film by lyrics. Oh, you actually you the watched film, the film. We gave, <laughs> we yeah, we the gave film. the film <laughs> brilliant. a lyrical score. We gave the film a lyrical score of 1.67 between 
me, Charlie, and Rory. Oh, purely because the dialogue was that terrible. Yeah, yeah that is such a good. So, out of interest, just I, I know I'm kind of getting away from the topic of it. Where does the film rank for That's the music? So we gave it 8.33, just because, you know, it's the Thunderbirds score film. It's got a busted song in right. it. <laughs> so the, 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 the music, the listening experience is good, but the dialogue is trash and the movie's not great. So it's got an 8.33 for music, a 1.667 for uh, lyrics, and a 2.33 for our personal preference. Okay, overall. so I, I just uh, love this notion. It in 39th out of 41 things. I, I love that the movie thunderbirds from 2004 is a solid point better as a piece of music than this song <laughs> as a piece of music the movie thunderbirds it's is a better solid than this song. it's a yeah it's a solid one and a half at least yeah incredible it's... um all right so personal preference you know what i don't want to keep you in suspense too long everybody Charlie, what do you think? Okay, so this is where I'm going to explain my thoughts on this song. Alright. So, um, imagine, this is going to sound weird because this is like two polar opposites of people in society. But imagine you took all of the uh, pickup artists and you took all of the incels and you put them in a nation together. <laughs> this would be their national anthem. <laughs> I would also this question song... whether they're polar opposites. I think there's a lot of common ground there. <laughs> well, true. Maybe song... we could say that's a thing in this universe. You know, there's an incel... <laughs> It's like Divergent. Yeah, yeah. no, incredible. There's a whole incel. But one of them is incel. <laughs> this song was really co- was clearly written at the height of the uh, uh, pickup artist phase that we had as a society. Mm. And uh, I can guarantee you that if the person, if anyone who listened to this song and took it seriously actually took the advice and they just went up and talked to a beautiful woman, when they got rejected because why would a stranger in public just be like, yes, this is a great idea. They would call them a fucking slut, cunt, bitch. And yeah. uh, that's why I hate this song. I just hate this song so much. just makes me think of all of that horrible stuff. And it just makes me feel sad and bad and angry at the world. So this is the world we live in. This gets a... Can I give it a zero? I, really, I suppose you can. I yeah, really I mean, we've, we've made a point of saying you can't go negative. But but I I guess a zero isn't. This so is that's... this is the only song that I I if it comes on I won't listen to all the way through. Like there are yeah. others that I will skip, but if I'm like listening to like a busted album, I will listen to every song. This is the only song on any busted album or not busted album that I will skip, and that says something about how much I hate this. Really? Because like I'd rather listen to this than like the one that James wrote by himself on the no, second album. No, because that has a great line about having blue hair. It's great. It does, but like, do you want to listen to the rest of the song? That's early. That's like the that's like the third line. And see, I can't even remember what the song's fucking called. Can't break through. That's currently the lowest ranked thing. Yeah. And I I like this more than that. That's fair. That's you're you're allowed to have opinions, Carlisle, and they're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, Alex, just personal preference overall, the song. How do you feel about it? Out of ten. It's a hard one to rank because I feel like also, if if I say that, that you know if I say anything positive about it now, I'm worried that I'll be lumped in with this kind of incel pickup artist uh, burgeoning nation state. I think I think I think that Charlie's really honed in on a on a version of of a take there. And it's just it's I don't think way, it necessarily reeks of that to the extent the that, that Charlie thinks it does. From the first time I've heard it, that's what I've thought of this song. Like it's so like self self congratulatory and like. Right. Just go and hit an I mean, of course out. it is. There's no, there's no single artist in the world that can perfectly strike a balance between narcissism and just swathes and swathes of self-pity. <laughs> which is why, which is why we kind of hate listening to the vast majority of Jason Bourne. Uh, Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne. He's been James Bond. <laughs> I said James Jason Bond Bourne. and Jason Bourne today. <laughs> the The main reason we like listening, we don't like listening to songs written that tend to be written solely by Perry the Platypus here is because he they tend to just really stink of this self-pity uh, which Can't Break Through is just that Can't Break Through is just that without the air of optimism that this song has yeah I, I, okay okay so 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 personal preference it sounds nice enough and I think the chorus retroactively makes the verses worse the verses are like a, a, a decent enough like they're a bit nonsensical if you really dra- drill down into it, but like, 
the imagery is clearly indecision, yeah, anxiety, whatever. Fine. But then the chorus is like, this is a problem she has that you yeah. can exploit. She's lonely, and you can benefit from this. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll say two. Yeah. Personal preference. Okay. I'm gonna... I'm gonna go for five. <laughs> I don't... I really don't mind it that much. I don't like it, I don't think about it, but I don't care about it, yeah, so fair. I'm going five. Fair enough. So that gives it an average score of 2.33. Uh, so between the musical, the lyrical, and our personal preference scores, the score of this song in total is 3.944, which puts it in the new second last oh, place. I thought it was going to get last. Better than Can't Break Through, but worse <laughs> than the two. 2004 Thunderbirds film. You know film. what? I would happily sit through that hour and a half monstrosity again, rather than have to ever <laughs> listen to this. Song I, I feel like that might. Well, come there you back go. You. That makes that sense because is... it's above it. <laughs> if someone just said I... to me like, "Hey, I can guarantee you, you will never hear a bar of this song again. You'll never have to think about it, talk about it ever again." But you have to watch the Thunderbirds film. I would do that in a heartbeat. The Thunderbirds film was fun. I don't know what you'll be. It's fun. I had a fun time. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really dumb and bad. But I think I enjoy bad movies. And I'm very poised to enjoy a bad movie. Yeah. I, um, I can like a bad movie up to a point. Like, there's a point where it tips over into being so bad it's good. Yeah. And that didn't do it for me. That was just bad okay. and boring. <laughs> but, like, there's a bit where, like... Uh, Penelope is fighting people and she's like dancing but like in like really posh ballet kind of fighting and like just doing like tiny little spins <laughs> and then just launching people over furniture and it's so fucking funny. Look, no oh, it's no one best. is disputing that the Penelope fights are amazing. <laughs> oh, did you say fights multiple? There's more than different. one of these sequences. Fair enough. Excellent. Oh, there's more than one. She gets in a couple well, of fights. Yeah, I think there's a couple <laughs> of fights, and one of them is against, like, four people. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Great movie. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about what our favorite and least favorite things of the song are now. Uh, let's do favorite first, because I think it'll probably be a shorter discussion. Um, I'm going to say that this... I guess. Vocal yeah, harmonizing Danny, they do on that Danny's chorus vocal as well. delivery. It's a pretty simple trick, but it always sounds nice. Yeah harmonizing and I I'm gonna throw in the strings because I talked about them a lot and I love them a lot strings um anything anyone else anything else to say mm, that we like about the song I'm really scraping the barrel here but it's got kind of a something about the like shuffling beat and the kind of adds to the mellowness of it it's not like heavy like a like a kind of all-out power ballad would be but it's also not like wetting your bed like some Ed Sheeran songs it's like it, it's got a like it's. I quite like the shuffly kind of right. beat sort of thing. I guess. So I put strikes the line between like a power. Yeah, ballad I guess. Yeah. And a regular ballad. <laughs> uh, all right, Charlie. Hello. If you had to list one thing, <laughs> or you know, a small handful of five to ten things. The worst bit for me is the phrasing of when you see one that you can't resist. Yep, yeah. That is by far... That's the bit that makes this whole song change in my eyes. That's the line yeah. that I'm like, this is... I'm, I'm writing possessive objectifying chorus. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree. That's probably the thing that stands out to me the most about not enjoying this song. Um, I don't know if I want to put, like, making no sense, because I don't know if it really upsets me. So I, I think that was some of, the, some of the most fun elements of this song, is, is when you dig into it and realise that you kind of realise the absurdity of what's being described. I'm almost willing to class that as a win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For what me, would you put it's as, a, the, as a loss. The song tricks you, or tricks me. It kind of smuggles itself in under this guise of like, hey, you know, we're just here. You know, things are difficult for beautiful women too. Things can't be great for everyone. Not every like, but but actually, what it's saying is this is an opportunity for you it's making it's not saying you should be more confident take a chance and like respect her feelings it's saying she's probably lonely enough that she'll talk to you uh so so i guess um yeah. central <laughs> message of benefiting from another's insecurities 
It's like say it's like saying, well, she's more scared of you than you are of her, <laughs> and use that fear. I'm, I'm, I've written posing as a profound yeah, really. song, but That's actually good exploitative trite. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'd like to talk about a, a personal anecdote into why this song angers me so much. It's because I hate my past self. So <laughs> right. This whole message of like I I was a a young teen, probably like 13, 14. I was very shy and insecure. And I used to watch this YouTube channel called Simple Pickup. Don't know if you've ever. I'm aware of it. They started out. Oh, I've heard of this. They started out and and they would like go out dressed as like Harry Potter characters, and they would try and pick up women using Harry Potter pickup lines and stuff. And then and it started off, and I used to find them quite funny because I was a dumb teenager. Um, But then they started being like, "Wow, people need our help." So they started this whole thing where they had like a subscription service and they'd give you advice on like how to pick up women and they did like advice videos. And I remember one of the advice videos genuinely saying, average looking girls always get guys go up and talking to them because uh, no one thinks to go to the really hot girls because they're intimidated. So everyone goes for the average girls. So the beautiful girls are actually the people that get talked to the least. And that's why I hate this song because I remember watching that video and I think- Well, that's almost an inspiring story of personal growth though. Do you think? Do you think he? Yeah, well, do you think James you. has seen it? And think, I genuinely and wouldn't be surprised. Because <laughs> actually, I do remember that channel. It was quite popular. It was I never really watched big. it, but it I really remember big. it being a, being a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't think I never saw it. I never like avoided it because I, I I was never aware of that part of it. I was aware of the like dumb challenges where they yeah. you know, dress up in stupid ways. So I always thought, I just always, the reason I always avoided it is I assumed it was, well, I thought it wouldn't really be for me, yeah. but I assumed it was always just very scripted. Yeah, appar- well, apparently they've come out since and said that none of it was scripted apart from one video. Okay. But I mean... Yeah, that makes me very likely to believe it, because if somebody <laughs> says, no, nothing was ever... Yeah, but it's, it's weird that our, insti- uh, that, that our intuitions get pulled that, that way, because what's you know? happened is they've come out and said, yeah, okay, we did lie about the exact thing you're saying we, we lied about, but only once. And you can trust us not to have done the exact same thing again. Like, there's no right. reason our intuition should be should <laughs> yeah. take us that way. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, that's, so. that's another reason why I hate this song, because it reminds me of teenage, young teenage Charlie. And oh, I like, think a lot of us were, and I think it, I often think about, like, how surprising so. it is that I didn't turn out an incel. Because, you know, definitely you can see how people get sucked into it, even though I was never in the, the YouTube world. You can definitely see how, like, oh, these 100%. feelings of, of, yeah. of anxiety and, and stress mm. and not being good enough. Y- you know, you have someone whispering in your ear, Graymer Worm Tongue style, being like, hey, you know, the real problem is these women. <laughs> you know? Uh, I think it's good. I think it's good yeah. that, 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 you know, you are in the position now where this song can make you righteously angry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. If you cringe, if you cringe at something you you did once, it means you've grown as a person. You know what? That's true. Thank that's you. That's a message. That's our message for everybody. Tearing James Bourne down. It's, it also makes a pretty decent out. advertisement <laughs> for your other podcast. <laughs> you say that like you wouldn't be happy with it if it was just us tearing James, James Bourne, who down, famously we which like. we've done plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. We like James Bourne. Just we on the to, just we love James Bourne and everything he does. No matter what anyone except says to for the country, a good deal like of James the Bourne. we love everything he does except for a good deal of the things that he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? That is it. Yeah, I think uh, on our next episode uh, we're going to be talking about "Before You Knew Me," and I believe we have two guests coming on for that. So uh, we'll excited. see you next time with that. But before we go, Charlie. Yes. I'm I'm just burning to be asked a question so vague that I can't answer it. You know that's what I do. So hey guys, <clears throat> you know sometimes you see your reflection, mm-hmm. and occasionally it makes you fill up with doubt, but not very often. What does uh, you seeing your reflection make you fill up? with? Calm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Well, thank you, Alex. If you were my reflection, Cheers. I'd have the same answer. Your, your entire body, you in, you inflate like a Michelin your entire man. being. <laughs> just every blood vessel bursting with pores. 
I'm going to say grape flavored Kool Aid. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if you if you fill up with either cum or grape flavored Kool Aid or anything else, though I can't imagine what else it could possibly be, let us know by tweeting at Pod for Everyone, email a podcast for everyone at gmail.com, find us on Facebook, tell your friends, ask them what they fill up with when I fill up with grape Kool Aid phrase it like that don't give any context um yeah alex, sure so, so much, um, we about, haven't uh, alex and we, we kind of went without doing anything for a while because uh, a whole variety of issues but um the alex and alex podcast lives on uh, as a kind of weekly live streamed thing on facebook uh and you can obviously as as is the nature of all live streams you can you can watch them after the fact as well and you can even put them on and then just not look at them and it's a podcast yeah you've just got the sound um, but yeah, so you can find us at Alex and Alex Podcast. Uh, just search for that on Facebook. That is also put up through Whiskey and Beards Publishing. Uh, who they do, they do a heap of other stuff. Uh, and you can find me. Uh, I blog about pop culture stuff at joysandpassions.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm on Medium and, and Twitter and a bunch of other places as Alex T Ryan 27. Uh, and I've also been uh, you know started live streaming some music. I did it last Thursday. I might I might do it again uh, on the Thursday. So look out for that on Facebook. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I meant to catch yeah, them and end up being busy, so I'm really hoping you the next time. Because you posted <laughs> about it like four times. And I, was like, I, I mean, no I, I, I feel like the only thing that changed was I got a lot of people afterwards being like, oh, I'm sorry I missed it. And I'm like, they wouldn't have known if I hadn't posted it four times. This was a win of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll try my best to get, get future ones. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on this. It's been lovely to have you. Um, I'm really just thinking about where we're going to have you next season because we, okay. we have a pattern of bringing you on for acoustic songs, kind of slow slow acoustic songs, and the next season is very oh very give, give me something give me something album. outside the wheel very unique album in, in the in the busted pantheon. All right, well we're gonna have a, we're gonna have to really think about it because next se- next mm. season is going to be very difficult for us in terms of format and everything because the, the album is so different to what they normally do. Uh, but anyway, we'll cross Thanks that bridge when we get to it. And thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to have you back. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you later. Bye. Okay.